Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today, I have the pleasure of having another member of the Founders Series on today, Mark Samuel, uh, the founder of I1 Organics I have on the podcast. Uh, we dive into a ton of different topics today, a lot around his background of really being an entrepreneur since the beginning of his professional career to starting a few different companies that you've probably heard of. And then now starting I1 Organics and just being in the CPG industry like myself, uh, we had a great back and forth on starting businesses, on winning through COVID, on um, a lot of you know uh, mental toughness and just getting through what it takes to be a business owner. It was a really interesting, a really fun podcast. Mark is about as real as it gets. And uh, I loved connecting with him and having this conversation. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Mark will be up right after this. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Mark Samuel from I1 Organics on the podcast today. Thank you for joining, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. Um, would you mind just giving everyone a little background into you? And uh, you, I know you've started a lot of different businesses, so it'd be cool to kind of just hit on wh- what you've done and and uh, obviously I1. Uh, yeah, absolutely. My daughters, my actually, my both my kids are in the office. Love it. No, this is great. Um I don't know. Is this video, is, are we doing live? Are we doing uh, We're just, video? I'm recording the video. I, I do video no, I on YouTube, it's but fine. it's fine. It's fine. As long as it doesn't bother you. Oh, uh, no, not at all. People understand. This is, this is COVID-19 time. This Everyone is how it. we roll. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so um, we founded... <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, we founded I1 Organics, um, started in 16, um, and we've gotten ourselves here. So that's that's a that's an achievement all in itself. Absolutely. Um, before that, uh, had started. That's all I've ever done. So, uh, seven, uh, eighteen years now. Uh, for, for my professional career, um, have always started something on my own or with a co-founder. Started in real estate finance. Um, moved into inventing some housewares types products. Um, got into uh, the gym scene a little bit. Got into CrossFit for a while. Um, had a had a box uh, early on in the CrossFit days in San Francisco, and then had developed a couple brands in the meal management category uh, with regards to travel bags. So I'd invented some what we now call meal management bags, and then most recent ventures is I One Organics, where a where a health and wellness platform is what I call it. But we, um, you know, we innovate uh, healthy, better for you snacks made from real foods like peas, beans, and rice. Got it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I know I was doing, just doing research on you and the and the brand. I was I was pumped. I was like, I remember the the meal the meal bags, like the six pack bags. I'm like, those were so popular when I was in college. Like that was what everyone had. So I would want to kind of hit on that just to start it off. Like I would love to know just like the idea where it came from and like very brief how that story all unfolded. Yeah. The um. The co-founders and I, there's two of them, um, but main one other main uh, co-founder and I were working on another project, and we were lifting a lot of weight at the time, and you know, just you know, typical gym goers. Sure. Um, but I ate and always have eaten a certain way. Very disciplined about my eating habits. That's where I one came from. Balanced nutrition is what I'm really into. 
proteins, fats, carbohydrates. Um, but I, but I eat a lot. I ate a lot more back then too. Um, so on our, on my desk, it's really where the, it was inspired from. There was just a lot of food, different foods and bags and protein bottles and the likes just scattered on the desk. And one day it was kind of brought, you know, brought to me on a, on a napkin, which was basically a sketch of what most people would know as the original six pack bag. So it was a, an oversized cooler, but had independently accessible meal containers um, for organization. And that's, that's how six pack was originated. That was back in uh, 2008, 2009. That's awesome. That was, that was a tough time to start a company, I'm sure. Right. A little bit. Uh, you know, for, uh, it, it would be for most, right? Because we were in a, deep, you know, we were going into a recession. We had some financial troubles, if everybody sure. remembers, right? Um, banks were, 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 you know, having to deal with some stuff. Um, but at the same time, it just so happens, I was actually in the fitness scene. Um, you know, health and wellness usually does okay during, during times like that. Um, I was also involved at that time in uh, the medical marijuana business. Okay. Um, that also did, did not have uh, too much of an effect uh, during that time. It's also because people would think, oh, wow, how did you do that way back then? It was, it was way before what it is now. In fact, we were one of the few to have uh, an original license uh, oh. for brick and mortar in San Francisco. So um, I got out of that fairly quickly. I just, it's not, not something I was interested in, but it, it gives context to the story of, during times, you know, are there thriving businesses? And the answer is yes. And in this particular case for, for six pack, same thing, um, you know, health and wellness usually survives during, during tough times. Right. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And, uh, how did you, did you, when did you decide to leave six pack? Is that, was there like uh, was it to start I won or I won it, or was it, it something else? It was actually to, to start uh Fitmark, but it oh, Fitmark okay. hadn't even started yet. Um, it was about two years in, it was just one of those things. Um, we were, we were on, you know, a, a good ride um, and I saw where it could go, but there were partners involved and there was just a lot of, you know, there was just a lot of, um, there was a lot of opinions mm -hmm. and, you know, it's one of those things. I don't, I don't regret anything. I, everything from my past and even things that I learned today, there's things that I love to just share. Um, people ask about co-founders and what's that like? And what if there's multiple people at the table who makes, who makes decisions like, those are things that you learn through different experiences. And, and one of them, and one of the most, most um, one of the biggest experiences for me is I do better on my own, uh, okay. just as far as the founding element, as far as building a team. I love having team members. I love being around teams, but it, it is a little bit different if there are co-founders involved. So it, it was, it was just something I wanted to do. I wanted to go do, another venture on my own. And that's, that's what happened after a couple of years. Oh, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So you, so you actually feel like it's been beneficial for you to not have co-founders just be a single founder and start it from just you and grow a team around that. That short answer is yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Love it. And then um, what was the major inspiration around I won? I was, I was curious like where that come from kind of just the background of the ideation. The, the, the acronym is winning on nutrition. Um, the, the spirit of it really is about the idea of winning. I mean, it was from day one. It is today. I knew that it was going to take a lot of time as far as people to really catch on. And I, I didn't know if it would get to where we are today. Again, we have so much room. We're such a small company, right? Um, but 
we're and people get this a lot from from us and from me and, and just the overall vibe of the brand we're just all about positivity mm-hmm. we're all about feel good we're all about um you know staying in that winning win, winning element but it doesn't have to be just about food it doesn't yeah. have to be just about nutrition it could be family and relationships and and nutrition and and everything social media i talk about often right sure. just staying in a, in a good good vibe when it comes to that maybe putting down the phone things like that just the idea and feeling of winning was just a big part of of of, of my makeup and, and what i want it to be each day and each week and I, i'd really like that for consumers too got it love that and then how did you decide did you decide right away were you thinking like you wanted a balanced nutritional product line and like how'd you get into to like the puffs the chips i'm curious like how you decided to go down that the route you did savory uh snacks that were higher in protein were not uh prevalent when i had the idea that was 2015 so that's what got it going that's what okay. sparked the you know sparked the idea and got us into innovation it was going to be a chip and i talk often about the story about quest um launching their original chip and yeah. so it was the driver of us moving forward because we, we recognized that there was going to be an opportunity still um especially again because their first iteration wasn't very good right uh, and so that's how that's how we really got it started oh, okay that makes sense yeah i heard i saw you posted something recently just about like making sure your product tastes good i thought that was great because i think it's funny something at rx we i feel like we talk about constantly is like as we're going through all the iterations, we're like, if it doesn't taste good, it's never good. We're never going to sell it. And that's always like at the end of the day, before we sell something, we want to make sure it tastes good. Um, but I thought that was great. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. The, you, you can sell it, right? Sure. Um, the, the main takeaway for people who are getting into the business or building their business is you just won't be able to sell it for very long, right? Yeah, you okay. won't get, you won't get the consumer to come back and and get to where really you want them to be which is in craveability mode yeah you know right. people we don't use that word enough right in, in food and beverage but you know if you have a product line that's craveable you're in a whole other element right where where a customer or consumers thinking about your food or beverage when they don't have it in front of them right uh, the only way to get there is you lead in with taste yeah and i think the i like basically like you know for lack of better words, the aisle you're attacking is perfect for that. I think it's probably one of those those few aisles that people like. I know about me personally, like thinking about chips and something healthy. That's like, especially on the weekend, that's like always what I go to. So I love that. How did you? Um, I I know one thing. I guess I wanted to point out. I, I loved the. Uh, I saw you guys did a website redesign to to bounce to that. Um, are you? I think you're rolling out some more stuff too. But I was on there today. It looks great. Yeah, the website's, the website's good. Um, we're doing some stuff to it n- now uh, that will be fun to showcase in the next, you know, 30 to 60 days. So oh, awesome. it's piece by piece. Yeah, I, I noted that we're doing a, a sort of a, a redraw on the direct to consumer business. We have a we have a good one and it's growing. But um, my post this morning was about it. Like we went this last 45 days. I brought on somebody recently who's just a dynamo, you know, and okay. you, you know, those people, when you bring them on, especially depending on the, you know, what piece of the business they're going to be helping. Um, we're, we're about to release some stuff and I'm like really amped about it. So it should be some good stuff. That's exciting. And you guys couldn't be doing it at a better time when this is just becoming, I mean, it's becoming the big piece of the pie for most brands in our space. 
Um, Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and then I guess the next thing I want to jump into uh, was just, I was curious on how you decided to work with green peas, yellow peas, brown rice, and navy beans. Just I've done through my own, you know, being in the CPG industry, I've always tinkered with ideas. And it's funny because like those are those four ingredients are always like the plant-based ingredients that I've like messed around with before. So just curious how you stumbled on those and decided to go with those. Uh, it was going to be plant-based. So uh, again, originally from 15, when I was deciding what was going to be really the base of the, of this products, I decided plant-based more about which, which morphed into my story. I had started transitioning. Um, I'm by, by no means a, a, a full vegan, but I have transitioned into more plant-based foods, oh. plant-based shakes uh, over the past six, seven years, uh, where I probably eat more plant foods um, than not now. Uh, and so I knew that that was going to be the base. And the question was, what was it going to be? And I stumbled upon peas, the sustainability part about it, the idea that I could could eventually, which we got to now, really make it work for our snacks. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. No, I love that. Is there a reason you decided to transition into like plant-based foods just in general? I'm always curious of that. Uh, you know, it was probably just more about the health reasons that you you read or continue to read on. I. I stay in the middle on that topic. I, I sure. kind of laugh off. I mean, I'm very candid. People know me. I laugh off a lot of the stuff that's being developed, Okay. you know, to mimic things. Uh, again, more power to those groups, the brands, the all the money that's being thrown in that category. I mean, right. whatever, right? Do, do you. Uh, but I'm not, a, you know, you can still find plant foods or things that are enjoyable, right? without, you know, without mimicking, in my opinion. Um, so uh, I just was doing it to get more of a balance, because that's another thing that I'm really big into is just balancing all things in life. So that that's how it started. Got it. I love it. That makes total sense. Um, it seems like um, you have you've obviously started lots of companies and you, you hit on that at the beginning. One thing I like to ask founders on here is, um, do you remember, and this might've been a little bit easier for you since you've had started other, other companies. Do you remember the conversation you had with your wife or your family, like the specific conversation where you're like, Hey, I'm going to start this and I'm going to do it. And like how you handled that or how it was handled. Luckily I did this from the beginning, right? You know, when I was 21, 20, so that's all I know. So there is no discussion. Um, I, I, and I say this candidly also, I really don't know what it's like to work for somebody. Um, and, and, and the other, but the flip side of that is very important is those that have worked with me, they work with me. It's why I, I, you know, I, I've been very, very blessed, like retention wise, like I have the same five people that we started this with. Oh, wow. Uh, two, two, uh, two of them came from the previous one and one, my, my, my operations exec has come with me on the last like four or five. Oh, and geez, our teams are awesome. very small. Yeah, but but again, it's not in a test of me. It's just I'm just cut that way. Yeah. Um, this is a team effort, right? I, that's all I talk about. I'll they I'll get you know I got to take out the garbage the same way that I need to go you know create a relationship that's going to offer us a great opportunity because right. I don't care. I'll do it all, right? Yeah, got um, it. And so there is I don't know anything else. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So you've just always done that. Is there a uh, 
Is that just something you think is, have you just been an entrepreneur and had that entrepreneurial spirit your entire life? Or is that something that you developed as a young adult and just decided to go that route and risk it early on versus, you know, going to work for somebody, for example? Uh, you know, all those, you know, the, all, there's a lot of cliche stuff that goes on out there about that. And so I, I kind of try not to get into that. I will just sure. say, um, I've always sold things. Okay. You know, I sold things as a kid and I sold things when I was a young adult and then when I was an adult. And that's all I know. So simple, but I love that. I just yeah, always sold that's things. That's all it is. You yeah. know, that's all it is. And I enjoy it, right? You, I enjoy what I do. And this, I'm very, like I would say, I always say, I use this. I am very blessed because over the last 18 years of getting my ass kicked, right? Because that's all it is. You're just yeah. constantly getting your ass kicked. That's the whole game you're involved with, right? <laughs> And um, you pull out some, at least in my, this is mine. Everybody has their own story. In mine, I pulled out a few small wins, right? As far as some businesses and the like. And I've gotten Trump, I mean, like, you know, like literally ran over on some. And those are, the, those are the things that I've experienced and I can take with me. But I found myself now here in something that I love. Like in all ways. And that's the, that's the, 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 the great part about it still really tough. We're in a tough business. Um, and we get beat up all the time, but I love what I do. So that's important. That seems like that's probably the most important, right? Do you have any advice for, you know, someone who's either working for someone who wants to become an entrepreneur or someone who is like in that process of trying to go from zero to one on just like how you get through all that tough stuff or not even the tough stuff, but just like, how do you go from zero to one? I think is really the question. Yeah, my, my advice is don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, no, uh, you know, again, just, just telling it how it is. This is such a tough business in all realms, everything you're doing. And depending on your circumstance and, and your position and who you know or don't know, and did you have money growing up? Did you not have money? You know, are you well-connected? Do you... Do you have it inside of you? I think you know. I don't, I, there's that thing that, again, it's kind of common that drifts out there about like, you just go and do it. Just go and do it. Yeah. I, I thought that's like, what you oh, might say. You're not like that. Yeah, good. I don't, I'm not really, it's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, you, you were either built for this or you weren't. You don't really need to just take the leap of faith. You, you just, you just don't because I'm telling you that after the leap of faith, if it took you that much time, effort, and commitment physically and mentally to push yourself there, there is about to be a boulder that comes down at you so hard and fast that you don't even, you don't have time to, to muster up enough strength to get over the next one, right? So you're, you, most, most people, men and women who are doing this are cut a certain way. They're just, they, it is. And I, and those are the ones that I, I, again, would say, yeah, sure. Go for it. You'll know. Yeah. That's actually really, really great advice. I think it's funny as I've talked to more and more founders in the CPG industry on here without knowing it until you said it, that's exactly what I've seen too, is like, there's not this magic thing that people like to talk about on social media. It's like, every single one of the people I've met is just like, they just knew it's what they needed to do. And they just kind of blocked out the rest of the bullshit and they just did it. And they didn't think about doing it. They just, that's just what they felt like they needed to do. That's so interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a there's a there's a small percentage of people who, no matter what, are just going to keep going, right? right. Right. Until the lights turn out, basically, is what happens, right? Money runs out, the lights turn out, you're done, right? Or you just realize that shit, your idea sucks. Or like, that, there is yeah. no pivoting to anything. Your idea sucks. Turn off the light. I've talked about that before, too. Nothing wrong with quitting. I mean, there's this thing out there, stigma, like, don't quit. No, keep going. Get to the next corner. That's when the success comes. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. There, there are plenty of times you it's 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 usually it's usually described in different ways when somebody goes out of business or they can't get funding anymore or they they you know or again their idea just sucks. Sure. You end up just quitting because that's what it, you have to do for you to then yes, do what you need to to get on with your life. Get to the next opportunity that maybe you have success with, right? Right. So there's just people who are cut a certain way that can just constantly get through a lot of a lot of the, the the bad stuff that comes your way when operating a business yeah that totally makes sense that totally makes sense have you guys just just speaking on like tough times and trying to get through them has uh has covid been i'm sure it's been challenging for you as it's been for a lot of us in the cpg industry i'm curious how, how you guys have tried to handle a lot of that you know we we were kind of lucky in, in many ways um we had not yet gone into a couple channels like uh, convenience for one and then food service uh, you know the yeah. ones who are in food service and that was a big piece of their business they got you know they got hit hard sure um, and we were really lucky we hadn't gone that way yet um, at the same time we had launched a few big retail partners um, and we saw the dip right in the early march right people were going to comfort foods Right. Things that aren't like ours, which is better for you. Ours might be, you know, we're organic, so we're a little premium. So we saw it, but we we got through it, and then we started to see the trend back up to to what we consider normalizing. But we're we're affected as a new brand because of the trial aspect. Right. We call, we call it the exploring aspect, right? Love it. Even for an RX bar, you might, you know, you launch a a new flavor. They're like, I don't want to try that because I don't want to I don't want to waste my you know three bucks, right? Right. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go. To, I'm gonna go to my go to. And so we, we get hit in that effect. We, on the flip side, our direct consumer business is growing and it's forced us to do things that we probably wouldn't have done, um, which is like hunker down, get your shit together, look at your finances, you know, and, and, and dial in on things that you might not have been dialing in on. Right. Yeah. No, love that. Is there, was there anything like light bulb moment during COVID as far as D to C and e-commerce that you'd want to share? That's just like something that you hadn't thought about, or maybe to your point, spent the time focused on that. This was, it was kind of like a light bulb moment during COVID. Yeah. The two things that, you know, again, our Amazon business was already growing. So we just kind of did a few more things. I think people should, um, uh, I've talked about this too, about, um, multi-packs you know especially yep. if you have products that have offerings the rx does does it right it's probably their number one skew yeah uh, again you know i don't know but you know so and then for us that was working and then as far as direct to consumer for our website that made us do what it is we're doing which is i brought on brought on somebody to really dial that in because we were not we were like decent at it and and you know i, I can now i just now i can hear myself saying it, it kind of makes me upset uh, <laughs> but i let it go on right because again i can only we can only juggle so much yeah but i i forced myself to hunger down get it done and so yet those are the things that it's kind of pushed us to do that totally makes sense as you have you guys also as it re i'm curious as, as talking to someone who's leading a brand at your guys's stage are you 
are you rethinking like your distribution strategy at all? Like before from pre COVID to now, like that's an interesting place I would think for you and other younger brands, like for us, we're pretty well distributed at this point, but for someone who has the opportunity to say yay or nay to somewhere with high slotting or something that maybe doesn't look as appetizing anymore. Have you guys thought any differently about some of those places? That's a good question. Another item that I've been talking about is you do have to be prepared to say no right now. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard. You know, I, I often say like as a sales, as a sales guy, right. That's I'm a salesperson for a second. Okay. Think. Yeah. Um, and so I, I say yes to everything. Right. Um, I mean, sure, my, my kid asked me for something. It's like, they don't even need to sell me. Um, <laughs> you know, like a car, like somebody selling me something. It's like, I fine. Um, so the, the, um, sorry. The, oh, you're the, fine. Uh, you're fine. There are, you can change your distribution in, in, in regards to making sure that the partners you have now are being treated as such. You don't need to move on and add another, you know, retailer and get more doors. No, focus on who you have now. Those are partners, remember, right? right. And get your velocities to a to a, a decent state, right? If there are opportunities and we see them too, you need to look at them. If they're expensive and more power to them, you know, people sometimes on my side, I hear, you know, a lot of like, what's the slotting or like, oh, it's bad whatever man it's it's their business right yeah right you yeah, have a, right. go be go do go open up a retailer right yeah do what do you go do don't charge slotting i don't look at it like that <laughs> it's part of their business it, it's like okay but with that said if it's not something you can afford then you just say no and that's okay they're right. not going to be like mad at you if anything they can respect you because you will say the second time around, we might be able to do that. Maybe you're going to get a new, you know, tranche of funding that can afford you to do that. But that, but in short, you do what's you do what's best for your company. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense completely. I think I think everyone pre-COVID was probably more so. Not everybody, but a lot of companies were probably in the camp of distribution. Distribution is king. Let's pay for it now. We'll make up for it later. And I think one thing that I've you know definitely learned through this whole time frame is just you know cash is king too. So, <laughs> you know, making smart decisions along the way. Right. Um, on the same page of like financing and, and, you know, slotting, for example, um, you know, one thing I think is interesting in the RX story. And as I talk to founders, like everyone's found different ways to do it and you've started several businesses. So I'd love to get your take on this. What is your thought as far as maybe CPG over other businesses on bootstrapping versus raising money First, I know you've done a little bit of money raising. So just curious of like how you thought through it as an entrepreneur and like how you decided on the best route. This is an expensive business. Yeah. I mean, again, I talk about it too. Um, th that's the stuff that I put out there, right? Like as far as content, people are like, yeah, this guy's really just tells it out because I don't care. I mean, it, it, I, no, I love how real you are. You, you just tell it I, as is. I, I love don't that. care. I just honestly don't care because <laughs> I'm trying to help. Like, the, you know, the, the people read the headlines, right? Uh, XYZ raises 5 million. XYZ raises 10 million. They don't know what's going on in the business. Most of the time, those businesses aren't making money, right? They're yeah. not profiting. Sure. And that, that's cool too. There is a different strategy. And again, like I always say too, more power to them. They might have a different... Uh, 
They might have a different storyline. They have a different path to the profits. I don't know. But what's not talked about is the amount of failures that occurs, right? You know, you ever been to Expo West, which again, it's, you're not going to it for quite some time here. Yeah. But you ever been there? You ever seen how many brands are there? Go the next year. How many are still there, right? Ooh, good question. The ones that can't even, first, most can't even afford to do that, right? Sure. A lot of CPG companies start and don't make it because they, number one, don't know the ins and outs. Just like me when I got started, I talk about that often too. Got my ass kicked, dude, for like 18 months. I still get my ass kicked. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a running joke. Like, like this is a really tough business. And you need to be well capitalized and you need to not read into the headlines because it does, it, it, it kind of gets you all out of focus, right? That makes sense. And, and you just got to, you got to build a business that hopefully is, is going to get, get to profitability sooner than later. The latter, the other side to it, sure. Um, you know, again, I just, I doesn't, we don't even mention names, but I just interviewed somebody and, you know, they got a big business and there's no profit still big yeah. yeah you know and um that you know that's it's just a different way to operate a business and as to each their own that's why i know always end with two it's up to you do do what what makes sense to you and what feels good to you but don't read too far into headlines especially when it comes to money because you don't know their story that totally makes sense yeah because there's so many different routes you can do right and there's the being well capitalized, there's trying to bootstrap as far as you can um, and be profitable along the way. And there's really no way to do it. I think it also probably depends on your end goal, right? I think I've, I've talked to enough founders now to know like there's a big difference between someone who's building a business to hopefully sell. And that's like really the end goal. And there's some people that are trying to build a family business and it's slow, but it's very profitable and they're building it like, a, like one brick at a time type thing. So I think it's interesting. I'll tell you this. It's a lot easier to sell your business if it's profitable. Yes. There's a lot more takers on that one, right? Again, yeah. it's very difficult and we, you know, you, it's very difficult. And so there's been a couple transactions even recently that I know, and they were making money. It wasn't just that big top line. I know for a fact that they were, there was money at the bottom, right? Okay. Yeah. And, sure. and so, you know, you're, you guys are a great example. Again, this, it, it, it's, it, I will say that 2017 to now is different. Oh yeah. Just like the landscape's different. There's no doubt about it, but RX was making money. Yeah, definitely. They built a, they built a real business, right? Right. They, they had a growing, just a tremendous growing business top line, but they were making money. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then with timing, luck, opportunity, everything, you know, like you need all that boom, 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 comes together perfect storm and, and then then something amazing happens like the, like the rx transaction so yeah um, hard to duplicate that one uh, again uh if if, if you're asking Me. yeah no it makes sense yeah yeah no it's funny yeah definitely it's it's like i you know i I, can't, I was someone like i told you at the beginning wasn't from cpg or food rx has been the first experience i've had in it but in being in finance obviously like knowing the background of everything it's it's wild to just you know learn how our ex and Peter and Jared did it. And then, um, talking to you and lots of people in CPG, it's just wild. Everyone's got a little bit different path. There's definitely not one path to success. Um, 
I think it's just interesting to get everyone's perspective on when's the right time to raise, when's not, when do you need to just hunker down and, and try to be profitable on your own. Um, it's like an ever evolving thing too, to your point, like from 2017 to now, just like the opportunities that are there. And obviously now with the economic conditions, it's all changed so much. So to, to your point, like building, trying to build a profitable business, I think, um, can pay off in a lot of ways, but it, to each their own, to your point. So that's interesting. I know one thing I had to ask you, I love asking this question is, um, do you remember version one of your first I one product? Like what that tasted like, what it looked like. Do you just remember like that very first batch you put together? Shit. Shit. <laughs> I just, I would hope so. The, the very it, first one, if you, if you not, hit it out of the it, park, that'd be my that'd be own mom, my own mom told me this doesn't taste very good that's hilarious when your own mom and by the way i'm jewish so it takes it to a whole other level when you're <laughs> when a jewish mom tells her son that something that they made doesn't taste good it's like a double whammy dude it's that's like on funny. a on a whole other scale of of wow okay so yeah in short we um our first product was i'd say just okay it was a chip Okay. It was high in protein, much higher. It had 20 grams. It was, it was, my, it was part of my learning curve. And what sure. I discovered as I was getting along was this has to be taste first, period. And, that's, and it made me, and it made me go back to the drawing board and really sure. get in on the back end and R&D and all that and really figure this thing out. And that's why, you know, again, we're, we've been blessed to get to where we are um, because I was able to get over some of those hurdles. Right, right. And then how many iterations do you think you went through before you actually sold your first product? Do you remember that? Well, well, we, we initially did get a chip out and we did okay with it. Um, and then as far as the chip line, we had made iterations along the way. So we probably did like three or four more iterations. Okay. And we got into what we really are our horses today and our leading snacks, which is our puffs and our sticks. That was in the middle of 2018. And we've since even discontinued the chips because these are these are the movers and these the, these can be what really creates the brand the identity the people talking about it right right and it's it, what's really cool is we have other uh innovations in our back pocket i just talked about this too um that we we don't need to do anything with it's okay. another piece to what are you doing now during covid post covid what's going to happen over 18 months don't move quickly like like relax we have two amazing products and we believe that these products could probably triple or quadruple our revenue. Focus on that. Right. Don't get ahead of yourself. And then, Hey, when everybody sees the light after this thing, cause again, I think this is an 18 month thing, maybe 24. Um, sure. Then you got, then you, then you can double down, right? right. Take one of those innovations. So again, we got a couple great ones. Oh, well, that's exciting. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, it is. It's very cool. And then, and then put them into play. Yeah. I know. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think I see, I've seen a lot of brands in the last couple of years. I feel like almost like over innovating, like just trying to innovate for the sake of innovating. And then to your point, they're like lose sight of their, their core thing to really get that to the healthiest spot they possibly can. So that's, I mean, that's, that's exciting to hear you guys feel like you're doing it the right way too. Cause obviously that's a important piece of this whole COVID puzzle. We had like 12 flavors, dude, at one time. Like, we're this small little company, you know? Yeah, no, and for because sure. Because me, I say to I'm so I'm neurotic, right? It's part of my DNA. Okay. You know, I, like, we had like 12 flavors. Who need, nobody needs 12 flavors. Relax. 
you know? So, yeah. and, and that's an important piece. Anybody's watching this too. The, the most valuable, you know, brands in, in my opinion are the ones who are making up their revenue with fewer SKUs, right? Okay. That's yeah. the name of the game, especially in the early part, fewer SKUs to make up a big piece of your revenue. It, it just has so much value add for you, you know, in terms of just production runs and, and ease management of your, of your pipeline. Like just that, that's a, I hope that's a key piece for people to take away. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. You know, you can over, overextend yourself from an inventory perspective from trying to get on shelf everywhere. Yeah. It makes every time you add a skew, it gets just a little bit more complex. Then you add a new product line. It just multiplies it or, you know, extrapolates it again. So yeah, to your point, that's, that's a great piece of advice. Um, one thing that, you know, I love when I, I'm bringing up RX a lot, but I, I did like when I came to RX was kind of the, the, uh, what's the right word? Basically like just the friendliness, the, um, hands-on like we wrote a lot of like thank you notes to customers from time to time and i've noticed this from like you know following you on on social media over the last uh probably month and a half or so just like you're you're a big fan of some of that stuff too i noticed you said um and correct me if i'm wrong but i think you had an early grocery or convenience chain that took you guys in that you still hand deliver product to every week and i just i thought that was like the coolest story so i'd love if you could just you know give a little uh download of like what that was i think it's like a really cool part of it's of not story. that cool i lose money on that account because of the fact <laughs> of that okay he like now will he like won't pull from khe because of it you know like that's so it's, it's it's you know yeah it's a local um a, lo a local grocery store here like where i grew up um it just so happens i moved back to where i, where I oh cool grew up. and um yeah i still hand deliver their account it's the only account that we have where it, it, you know i walk it through the door um and then as far as handwritten stuff i mean like i love it i buy these people can take this i buy you know sets of 10 it says big thank you right and they sit on my desk because every once a month or whatever it is i just grab one out my handwriting is horrible and it is you know then they at least know it's from me right sure and yeah. i just i'm simply saying thank you because um you know we we we've gone so oh that's a whole other episode you know where where we've gone and with social media and the um, and and just email and and text messaging and you know I I like old school I okay. love that like Me too. you know handshake and um, real talk type stuff and uh, I, I realize that we evolve you know as humans and with technology and everything else but man do I miss um, some of the old stuff. And I think we can, we can continue to keep it in line with stuff like that, you know, write a nice thank you note to a buyer, uh, to, to a team member. Um, it just literally says, thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah, they get in so the cool. mail. And that's a, that's a, just a small, you know, small add on. Yeah, no, I yeah. love that. You know, sometimes the smallest things, the simplest things are the, you know, the things that kind of make the difference in my opinion. And I've, I've learned a lot of that, you know, in my time in CPG. Um, Speaking of, you know, keeping it old school, I, I like to ask this question as like kind of some of my final questions I like to ask founders is, um, you know, with technology and the way everything's evolving and to your point, it's like we're on email or text messaging, Slack, all this, there's just so much technology in our face. How, and there's, I'm sure from just talking to you today, there's just so many different things you guys are focused on and trying to move the needle on and change. 
do you, what like tools, um, is it pen and paper, notebooks? Is there a tool you use? Is it Excel? Like, what is it that Mark wakes up every day and like looks at? Like, how do you plan your goals and your daily, you know, to-do list and all that kind of tactical stuff? Like, what do you use for all that? You know, I'd say that I'm the worst at stuff like that. I, I keep most of it just up in the dome. Okay. But, you know, again, I don't, I'm not big on the whole, you know, technology stuff, the slacks. I'm on a couple slacks, but people know like, that's not where you're going to drop info to Mark or he's going to okay. see it. I'm just, I'm a big emailer. You know, it's one of the, after I do what I'm supposed to do with, you know, my family in the morning, right? Um, I have that regimen first. Okay. Then I do check email and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to just go through real quick just to see what ones need a response or don't. Um, and then I'm on it most of the day. So people, you know, again, who know me and work with me, I'm, I'm one of those really quick responders Got because uh, yeah. I don't leave things in the get back to, I don't know what even people talk like about. In you know, inbox, like, inbox, for I don't do all that. Uh, things that come in my email, get responded to that day. Got um, and so, uh, yeah, the other stuff, you know, I'll, I'll see a Slack comment every once in a while and be like, oh, that's cool. You know, what right. they're doing over there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that helps? Because I've picked up on this too. I do. I've been talking to people recently who kind of treat their inbox the same way you're talking about. Do you think that is inevitably kind of what keeps I one like moving faster and progressing? Is like maybe a little less planning and being so methodical and just like doing more. Yes, um, but again, it's not for everybody, right? Yeah. I think we're so nimble, and that's the thing I love about being a small team. And, and, you know, I've said this too about, you know, we believe we could do three or four times what we're doing right now with the same team. You know, there's oh, wow. five, five team members here and it's cause we've all divvied and we're playing on the field together. We all know our positions and it makes up for a really good team. Um, you know, we will add on where needed, you know, at certain stages of the business. Um, but with that said, the, the idea of just ripping through the days but still understanding that, you know, you're leaning into your why, the core values of your brand, where you're going and why you're going there. Um, and then you have overarching goals as far as, you know, put, like we talked about potential door counts and then like where should your direct to consumer be? You know, what do those numbers look like? What's the retention? What, what does a customer base look like? What do your emails look like? That type of thing is, is, is there. Um, but it's not like one of these things where you want to put some goal for, 12 months from now, because I think you can get really complacent. You know, I, I leave it as, I leave it as really simple. I'm scared every day, dude. Oh, I like that. I'm, I'm like, I legitimately am scared, dude, every day. And I don't necessarily like that. Um, but I will say that'll light a fire under anyone's ass. Sure. Oh yeah. So you're saying like, yeah, if you have goals that are due at the end of the year and you just need to hit it, you might've underestimated. Actually, it was funny. I interviewed Matt Frazier the other day on here, which was fun just because he's very, obviously hard work pays off the whole thing. And we talked about, um, he always talks about how he like, he thinks people overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year, which is sounds very similar to what you're saying. It's like, you, you kind of, if you just have those big goals at the end of the year, like you could have either done a lot more and you can get complacent. That's really interesting. I, you know, those are great comments because, 
You know, there's a lot of this stuff that goes on about there. I don't know if it's on entrepreneurs or founders or whatever, maybe about like you're grinding all the time and you're working 18 hours. I'm like, dude, what are you doing for 18 hours? <laughs> get some sleep, man. Yeah. You know, I don't get all that. Like, does that mean then that I can do, you know, their work in five hours? I mean, what, what, what is the, what's the disconnect there, right? Got it. Yeah, I agree. We all, we all know who's working and not working and achieving goals and not achieving goals. I've said this before, you know, especially with COVID now, everybody's working from home. Do, 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 do I honestly believe our head of sales is working 40 hours? I don't give a shit. Sure. I don't, that makes I sense. Don't, yeah. I, you know, and yeah. you know, again, I guess that's me. I don't know. And maybe that's why it works. I'm not like down in somebody's throat. Like what's going on? I, all I care about is that things are getting done that we've discussed, Right that we're achieving some milestones, that we onboarded an account and they're being treated well, that we're moving the needle, that, you know, isn't it, that's the simple part about all this. As far as whether or not you're working nine to five, I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, I mean, you're, to your point, you're kind of, you're, you're boiling it down to what's really important and it's just getting shit done. It's getting the right shit done. It's treating people the right way. And um, probably being healthy and trying to be happy too. That's the key piece, you know. As much as that I balance. can push out, you know, you know me, I'm a I'm a health and health and fitness enthusiast, right? Sure. So that's the that's the foundation to everything else. And I start the morning, you know, after after family stuff in the gym. Okay. Um, yeah. But you would want that for everybody, you know, just the everybody, right? But including your team, um, so that. Um, you know, so that they feel good too. Right. Right. That totally makes sense. I love that. Um, do you, I like to ask founders this, cause I think a lot of founders and I'm not sure if you're this kind of person, but they have at least one in mind. Um, do you have one book podcast, something for knowledge mindset that you recommend to family and friends? I wish I did, dude. No, I'm so I'm really, I'm going to stump you on this. One. It's all good. <laughs> I don't listen. At, I don't, I don't read very much. I mean, again, and I don't listen to the, I don't listen to all those podcasts early. I listen to a few of them and they just seem so, um, more power to them. A lot of them, these guys are so impressive. Like me trying to do the, the interview stuff that I've been doing, like you're, you're better than I am. Like, no, I'm I love having, it. I'm just having fun with it. Right. Yeah. Because right. I could, I could talk like this all day because I do it, you know, like I can talk to a founder because I understand. So I can, I can ask questions like right off the cuff. Right. Got it. Um, a lot of the other stuff that's out there and they're amazing. They're amazing talents as far as journalism and the like, what, what am I going to listen to? Like, I'm more worried about whether or not we're going to, you know, get through tomorrow, you know, 100%. Like, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Nope. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're like, you said, we've said a couple of times you're a doer. So it makes sense that you're not pondering. You're just doing, I love it. It's good stuff. Um, Mark, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Is there a good way for people to try Iwan and get a hold of you or the team if there's any questions or they want to learn more? Iwanorganics.com. And then if they want to hit me up, I mean, maybe I'll send out a bag. I don't know who's watching this. You know, it's my first initial last name, M Samuel at Iwanorganics.com. I like getting random emails. Oh, wow. There you go. Okay. 
Nice. Put in the email. I, know, out. I, get, I like I told you, I get neurotic. I can't leave an email and turn unless it's spam. It's that that listen. If it's spam type stuff, you're, you're getting you get it get get blocked. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, Mark. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I know uh, there's a lot of great content in here, so I'm excited to share with my listeners. So. Thank you again for the time. It was great to you, talk you to you. You did a good job, man. Those, are, those were solid questions. Well, I appreciate it. I'm trying to, you know what? It's funny. You said it perfectly. Same thing that you're doing. I, I listened to the one the other day you had. And uh, this to me has become such a great way to network during COVID where we can't see people in person. We can't do the handshake stuff. And I think there's just something so valuable. Um, you know, this is a subset of my podcast, but um, I think it's, I've always felt like once I got into the CPG industry, some people knew each other. But the general CPG industry seems a bit, seemed very competitive. And I've just always thought that like we could all meet each other and get to know each other better. And I feel like there's just like a cumulative um, you know, benefit of more people getting to know each other in the business. So I agree. Totally yeah. agree. Love it. All right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Hope everything you know, goes well and gets through COVID. And I'm excited to see how you guys do. And keep Shoot growing. me your address after this. I'll give you some snacks. Hey, same. And I'll send you some. All right, brother. Awesome. Peace. Thank you so much. See ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Mark Samuel from I1 Organics. If you want to check out I1, you can hit up their website at i1organics.com. And if you listen back to the episode, Mark also threw out his email. So um, a rare opportunity on the podcast to uh, have a founder's direct email if you'd like to talk to him directly. As always, I have two links that I wanted to mention to you guys. If you want to get involved in Robinhood, which is the investing platform that I use, you can hit the link in the show notes and you can get a free stock by signing up for Robinhood. And then as always, COVID stock market rebound tracker. There's a link in the show notes, which gives you a head start on stocks that I am keeping an eye on investing in and watching as as of today. Uh, we come out of the COVID stock market dip. So both great links to follow as well as a link to the website of I1 Organics. Hope you guys loved today's episode. If you did, please share it with your friends. Leave us a five-star review. It helps the podcast grow and I can't thank you enough. Thank you everybody for listening to today's episode and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one.